0: Welcome to all my friends out there. This is Wellness Talk, and I am George Batista, as always, your host and your wellness advocate. Wellness Talk is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing and nutrition. We take the mystery out of supplements, and we empower you to get healthier. So glad you guys could be with me this week. GeorgeBatista.com, as always, is where we house all the articles and all the uh, references and everything that we go over. So check that out. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. And you know, send it out to all your friends and family so we can empower as many people as possible to get healthy. Hope you guys are having a great day, and hope you guys had a great week. Now, um, this week, remember, I've always the the theme of this show has always been that, uh, one of the key things I always talk about is to make sure that you're getting enough of the nutrients you need to run your metabolism, right, to make sure that you're getting everything you possibly need, which includes the the uh, macronutrients and the micronutrients, specifically the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and fatty acids. That's always my mantra, and that's always my number one goal here for you guys. Well, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to get into specifics, and we're going to be doing a, um, kind of like what I've done in the past, like a what's in your vitamin or what what is in, in that you're taking type of thing. I've done what's in your multivitamin in the past. Uh, You guys can reference the past shows on that. So this week from wellness resources, we're going to talk about, are you taking folate or folic acid? And so I want to specifically dive into that because there is a difference. A lot of people don't know that there is a difference, right? So I'm going to, we're going to talk about, you know, what is the difference between folate and folic acid? Why it is such a big difference and um, what's the harm? And what's the benefit of each. And it's very, very important because you're going to see that there is big differences between the two. So we'll dive into that. So make sure you guys uh, who are taking supplements, making sure you're taking the right ones. Okay. Then next, from Zhenzhou University, I can't believe I actually said that. Right, um, it's greater folate and vitamin B6 intake linked to lower risk of mortality during a 9.8 year period. And this is brand new information on folate and B vitamins and just overall mortality. So, we're looking at overall mortality means you know pretty much dying of anything. Okay, so we're going to talk about the studies they've done regarding these vitamins and how they affect how long people have lived and their risk of dying from all causes. Very important information. Then we're going to look at B vitamin supplementation as treatment for episodic migraine in women. And this is from Sheila Jacobs. Those of you who are dealing with migraine headaches and this huge, huge segment of the population are dealing with those things. um, You guys uh, probably want to pay attention to this because um, we're talking about something as simple as having the right vitamins in the right amounts is going to affect your migraine status, whether you get them more or get them less, what your risks are of, of getting these migraines. So again, brand new information. This is out of the American Headache Society and their annual scientific meeting. And this is what came out of those studies. So I think you will get a lot out of this information, especially those of you who are dealing with those issues. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about triage theory. And uh, some of you may have know, you know, have heard of what that is. And if you have listened to the show in the past, I've kind of glanced, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of, you know, uh, a talk about it, but not too much, but I'm going to talk, I'm going to dive into what it is. Okay. This is from Dr. Bruce Ames, who's a very well-known gentleman in the scientific community and he talks about the triage theory because he actually came up with it. (laughs) And he's done, they've done, you know, a lot of uh, studies on this. And basically this is the mechanism by which, uh, especially evolutionary, right? The mechanism by which the body uses vitamins and minerals to uh, keep you alive and to repair and to ration and how it all works, okay? This is one of those things that, you know, when you look at the human body and you say, how amazing is the human body and what it does? So it actually knows what to do with the vitamin and, and vitamins and minerals that you give it. So um, you know, I'm I'm going to talk about this triage theory and why it is really really important and why you need to know about it. Then finally, again from Wellness Resources, we're going to talk about our nutrient spotlight of the week is going to be on their Super B Complex. And um, again, what's in it, what's not in it, the coenzyme forms of B vitamins. And if you are a person who may be lacking in B vitamins, just want high quality B vitamins and all the uh, things that go with it, all the cofactors, then definitely check this supplement out. So that's what we got on tap for you this week. It's a lot of good technical information for you, especially those of you who are kind of nerdy about the vitamins and all that stuff. So let's get started. All right, first... From Wellness Resources, are you taking folate or folic acid? Read this first. So this is good information on this. So let's talk about the differences between folic acid and folate. Now, first of all, uh, for a long time now, uh, cereals and grain products have been uh, fortified with folic acid. And this has been going on roughly since about 1998. And now the, the the issue with that is that folic acid is actually a syn- synthetic form, okay, whereas folate is the natural form. Now what happens is when you take in folic acid, your body does convert it into folate. That's what happens. The problem is, is that all these foods now have been uh, fortified with folic acid. You're, you're getting a ton of folic acid in all the All the products and the stuff in the store shelves that you're eating every single day because they wanted to fortify this stuff. Okay. So, the natural form of uh, vitamin B9 called folate, which is found in foods, especially dark, leafy green vegetables, spinach, uh, you know, asparagus, broccoli, liver, Brussels sprouts, fruits and vegetables, and all that type of stuff. Okay. All this stuff contains folate. Okay. Folate is the active form of the B9. Okay. Uh, vitamin B9, basically. Now, folate is metabolized in the digestive tract. Now, again, the problem is the the synthetic form of it, of B9, is called folic folic acid. And this is where, this is what gets fortified in all the foods, right? So this form is added to, you know, fortified foods, and again, cereals and commercial rice and grain products to help, you know, uh, with prevention of uh, neural tube defects. Now, synthetic folic acid is also found in many prenatal vitamins and multivitamins, B complexes, and prescription vitamins and stuff like that. And this is where the problem is, because a lot of people are taking these this folic acid in these vitamins or these prenatal vitamins without realizing that um, they can actually take the folate instead, which is the active form already. Okay. Now, the United States uh, folate uh, the uh, recommended daily intake is about 400 micrograms per day. And pregnancy, um, the pregnancy um, uh, RDI is 600 micrograms, and breastfeeding requires about 500 micrograms per day, okay? Now, humans have a reduced ability to convert folic acid to folate compared to animals, okay? And part of the problem is, is that if you take in so much folic acid and you are not metabolizing it correctly, then it ends up becoming oxidized folic acid, and it actually starts to build up in your system. And this is not something you want. Okay, so the concern is that too much, too much of this, uh, of this unmetabolized uh, folic acid ends up having adverse events in your system, and it can actually affect something what's called methylation. Now, what is methylation? I've talked a little bit about methylation uh, in the past. Methylation is a cellular process in your body that requires Folate. Okay, it occurs trillions of times in your body and pretty much every cell throughout the body. Okay, and it's estimated that about sixty-five percent of the population has a problem with the gene that uh, starts this converting process. So, so basically, um, in methylation, you have this pathway. Okay. And this is a pathway whereby folic acid, for example, B12 is involved in this whole process as well, some other vitamins as well, but you have this pathway where, for example, the synthetic folate or the synthetic folic acid or B12 is converted into folate, okay? There's a gene that's required for this whole process and it's called the MTHFR gene, okay? Now, if this gene is not working properly, you're going to have a problem with this conversion process, okay? Therefore, um, your fol- your folic acid is going to build up in your system, okay? B- and the synthetic form of B12 can also build up in your system, and this is not what you want because you're not getting it into the active form because once you get it into the active form, what ends up happening is that then your body uses those things for all different types of things, for DNA repair, for um, for detoxing, for, um, for getting, you know, uh, heavy metals out of the system, for making sure things don't build up like homocysteine and inflammatory processes don't build up. So it's a whole process involved. So a lot of people in, in the United States have a problem with methylation in general. As a matter of fact, about 25% have at least two genetic or gene mutations that are a problem in the MTHFR genes, Okay. So again, when these genes are affected, the rate of methylation is lower and ultimately begins uh, to impair the folate metabolism. And this is what starts the whole process. So uh, if one takes folic acid, also by the way, without uh, vitamin B12, it can actually hide or uh, you know, basically hide that the fact that you may have a B12 deficiency, which can create anemia, which can create cognitive uh, problems, especially with elderly people, okay? Now, a couple of studies I'm going to bring out here. In 2006, a publication evaluated postmenopausal women for unmetabolized folic acid levels in their blood. And uh, of the participants, 78% of them had uh, elevated levels of unmetabolized or oxidized folic acid. And it was also found that the immune system changes occurred with suppression of natural killer cells in the immune system. Okay, the NK cells or natural killer cells lose their cytotoxicity ability to attack damaged cells and harmful harmful cells like viruses and cancer cells. The higher the level of unmetabolized folic acid in the bloodstream, the more dysfunctional and compromised the natural cell, the killer cells became. This is a problem. Okay. Other concerns due to high levels of unmetabolized folic acid include impaired DNA synthesis, methylation, obviously, again, like we've been talking about, and repair processes along with increased incidence of colorectal cancer and other cancers. Too much unmetabolized synthetic folic acid can block how some medications work in the body as well. And also... There was a 2011 study, study where scientists determined that high folic acid intake during pregnancy caused dysregulation by greater than fourfold, uh, up or down, to more than 1,000 genes, including many imprinted genes, and may lead to neuro, uh, neurodevelopmental defects such as autism. So there's a lot that goes into this, okay? Now, why do we need folate? Okay, so folate in general, just so you guys know, is necessary for cell replication and growth as it forms the building blocks of DNA, um, also RNA, Okay, with a protein synthesis in all cells. Cell division, repair needs, and rapidly growing cells such as the unborn red blood cells and immune cells all require folate. Also, the, the synthesis of neurotransmitters like dopamine, uh, serotonin and neuroepronephrine require folate as well. So this is a big issue. Uh, also phosphatidylserine levels in the brain depend upon how much folate you have. And phosphatidylserine is needed for the production of acetylcholine, uh, the neurotransmitter essential for memory and for the nervous system function. So this, these are the things why you need, uh, uh, folate also with red blood cell formation. That's also a part of this whole process. Now, medications such as antacids, obviously aspirin, pain-relieving medications, cholesterol-lowering medications, anti uh, antibiotics, diuretics, diabetes, meds, inhalers, all this stuff can inhibit your digestive process, which can actually inhibit the uh, metabolizing of folate or folic acid. So my suggestion would be, Um, you may or may may not have a problem with methylation, but if you do, then you do not want to be taking folic acid. Now, if you don't know that, you may want to get that tested by a doctor. Again, a lot of doctors don't test for it right away, so you may have to go to a different doctor or it may not be covered under your insurance. It depends on your insurance. Obviously, you have to check that out, but methylation, I mean, a good portion of people uh, in this country, we have a methylation process uh, problem. I, actually, my wife is one of them. She had a problem in her MTHFR gene converting B12 and folate. So, if you you think you may have a problem with those variants, or you you know you suspect it, or even if you don't, my suggestion would be to take the um, always take a supplement that has the correct folate forms or the correct B12 forms, which is the the forms that are already activated. You will know that when you look at the the back of the supplement, and you will see um, folate, for example, it will say MTHR or or methyl tetrahydrofolate, or it will say folate on it. It won't say folic acid, that's number one. Uh, B12 is the same thing, it won't say cyanocobalamin, it will say methylcobalamin, or it will say uh, adenosylcobalamin. Okay, so Those are the active forms. And the reason why that's important, because again, if you do have a problem with your methylation cycle or a problem with that gene, obviously you're gonna have a problem with conversion. So what you do is you take the active form and you can bypass that problem because it's already activated. Your body doesn't have to activate it. Your body doesn't have to consume energy in the whole process. So this is why I recommend just going straight to those supplements that have the already active form, don't have to worry about it. You know that you're getting that activation. Now, obviously, again, it also um, you also have to have to make sure that your digestion is in proper form because again, if you're not digesting properly, then obviously you're not going to assimilate what you need to assimilate. So make sure your digestion is proper. If you have to take digestive enzymes, if you're having digestive problems, so be it obviously that goes without saying diet and exercise go along with that. So uh, my suggestion would be the wellness resources brand as always, myvitaminresource.com. You can check out top choices would be their daily energy multivitamin. If you are pregnant, their uh, daily prenatal multivitamin. For children, you can check out their super mini multi, their blood booster. Okay. That also contains the iron as well. And their super coenzyme B complex that all has the the uh, active form of the nutrients that you need. And again, I'm going to go over the super B complex later on. So check those out. Uh, but this is why you want to make sure you have the active forms because it's just a lower risk of problems later on, especially if you're a woman and you're want to become pregnant or likely to become pregnant or that type of thing. So just check those out. All right. Next from Zhengzhou University in China, This is greater folate and vitamin B6 intake linked to lower risk of mortality during a 9.8 year period. Now we're talking about all cause mortality, right? Dying of pretty much anything. Okay. So I'm going to read directly from the study here. There's a study published in nutrients revealed a decreased risk of death during a median period of 9.8 years among men and women with a greater intake of vitamin B6 and the B vitamin folate, which we just talked about compared to those whose intake was lower. Now the investigation included 55,000 participants enrolled in a national health and nutrition examination survey. There was eight cycles involved in this whole process from 1999 and 2014 dietary recall interviews, responses were analyzed. Now this is what they found men whose intake of folate uh, was among the top who, whose intake of folic was among the top 25% of individuals in the study had a 23% lower risk of death from any cause. Okay. And a 41% risk of cardio uh, less risk of cardiovascular disease mortality and 32% l- uh, less risk of colon cancer mortality uh, developing. Um, and among women, in the top 25 percent, the risk of all cause, uh, all cause and cardiovascular mortality were 14 percent and 47 percent lower. Now, for then they separated that from the folate, and then this was the they also did the vitamin B6 group. For men whose intake of vitamin B6 was among the highest 25 percent, the risk of all cause mortality was 21 percent lower. Cardiovascular disease mortality was 31 percent lower. And cancer uh, mortality was 27% lower. So think about that for a second. This is just taking these supplements, okay? And obviously taking them in the right forms, most likely, hopefully, right? But think about vitamin B6 and folate. Think about a big difference. How many uh, pharmaceutical drugs are going to have that type of profile where they lower your risk that much, okay? And this is, again, what I was talking about what we talk about all the time. If you are taking the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you need in the proper forms at the proper times, obviously every single day, making sure you're getting enough. These are the types of things that you see. Now you may not see that every single day, obviously, because you may not know, right? You may not know. I mean, you're not going to do a study on yourself. I mean, you can technically, but um, you're really, most people are not going to do that, right? But you know that if you're getting the proper supplements in the proper forms and you're taking them consistently, these are the types of things you see. And this was just from 1999 to 2014, okay? This was, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this was not actually a long time. But this is huge stuff. This is brand new science on this. So again, making sure you're taking the right supplements and making sure you're getting the proper nutrition, highly, highly, highly uh, important here. All right. Next, moving on, this is from Sheila Jacobs, B vitamins supplementation as treatment for episodic migraine in women. Migraines is a big deal, right? Huge deal for, for not, I mean, not just for women, for, for everyone, but uh, women tend to deal with it more than men do. Okay. And uh, obviously they could be hormone hormonal imbalances that have to do with that as well. You know, time of the month, obviously, menstrual cycles, uh, pregnancy, menopause, all those things. You know, women deal with a lot. They deal with a lot. And I tell you, it's, uh, I live with two women. <laughs> so, I, I see what, the, you know, they uh, they deal and have dealt with, right? So, you know, but when you take a look at just headaches in general, okay, um, a lot of headaches, a good majority of the headaches, when you, depending on where you're looking, can be what's called cervicogenic, Okay. Which means that they come from the neck or they come from uh, some kind of deviation in the spine. Okay. That causes a lot of headaches. They could come, they could be trigger point headaches. They come, they could come from the back of the neck, uh, from one side there, there's cluster headaches that come and go in different clusters. They, they tend to be on one side, uh, to the back of the eye. Um, there's, you know, many different types of headaches. And again, again, my mother used to deal with my when I was a kid. And I remember she used to have to be, in a quiet room she would have to turn off the lights and she would have to like take a nap for a while in order for go away everything had to be really really quiet so a kid like me couldn't be busting in the room and running around and playing so you know she had she had to have some quiet because again seeing spots she would see spots and all these things so it's a big deal it's a big deal for women especially you know um then you get a short a smaller percentage of headaches are due to like dehydration toxicities right you're looking at um things like you know, not having enough of the nutrients, you know, that type of thing, then maybe 1% of the headaches are due to like major, more major causes like tumors and stuff like that. But again, a lot of headaches can be dealt with if you're making sure you're getting the right nutrients. Now, I'm not saying all of them, but migraines specifically, there's been a lot of studies on a lot of different nutrients when it comes to migraines. Obviously, stress has a lot to do with as well. Some, some people find that their migraines come after a stressful event, so these are things you got to take into account. Also, with migraines, you also have to take a look at gut health, right? Um, are you? Are there certain foods that um, that can trigger a migraine? Okay, and you have to kind of you know look at that. If there are certain foods, when you t- if you keep a food log, do you do you um, you know do you see a pattern of food that is triggering a migraine? So if you can if you can take a food log and you seeing the same pattern, the same foods, you might have to take that food out. For a while and make and see if that's having the problem. So again, these are all little things that you can look at when it comes to migraines, when it comes to headaches in general. Or again, if it's a cervicogenic headache, you may want to go to a corrective chiropractor to see if there's a uh, a, you know, some kind of twisting or the spine is out of alignment or something like that, disc are out of alignment, neck is out of alignment. All has all can be part of migraines and headaches. So just some things to, to think about if you are dealing with migraines and headaches. Now, This was uh, 2022. This was out of the American Headache Society annual scientific meeting. And it was recognizing that sufficient studies have demonstrated the efficacy of vitamin B2 in migraine prophylaxis, okay? So they've done many studies on vitamin B2 and they found that it has been helpful in supplementation when it comes to um, migraines in general, okay? But what what they wanted to study in this study was they wanted to examine the effects of supplementation with the other B vitamins, okay? So they looked at B1, B6, B12, B9, again, folic acid or folate, okay? As well as a combination of these vitamins in women with episodic migraine. And they conducted a double blind placebo controlled randomized 16-week clinical trial. This was in Iran. Now, the double blind placebo controlled trial is like the gold standard of trials, right? So it was a it was a good trial. Now, this was, it was not a lot of women, but was a total of 127. I mean, I'm sorry, 120 women with episodic migraine. They were divided into following six groups. Okay, so with 20 participants enrolled in each group. Now, uh, there was um, there was different groups. There was vitamin B1, vitamin B6 group, vitamin B12 group, B9 group, B complex group, and then the sixth group was a placebo. Okay, so they divided them into each each these separate vitamin groups. Now, the results of the study showed that mean changes in the frequency of headache attacks were significantly decreased in all the vitamin groups compared with the placebo group. All the vitamin groups, not just one, all. So participants who uh, received a 12-week supplementation with vitamin B9, B1, B6, B12, and B-complex had significant uh, decreases in the number of abortive drugs used Compared with those treated with the placebo. Okay. So basically what they're telling you is all the people who are on vitamins, whether it was one vitamin, had a reduction in the amount of uh of drugs used for their migraines and therefore the severity of their migraines. You, you know, basically what, what it's saying. Okay. They did say that they have to be more follow-up, which is what they always say. But I mean, this is big. Again, this is new science on this. So again, this says. Make sure you're getting enough of these B vitamins and enough of the nutrition. We can't hammer that enough on this. Take take that into account. If you're not on a multivitamin and you are having problems with migraines um, or headaches in general, get on a good multivitamin and make sure you are getting your gut in check. Again, take a look at all those things that I talked about in the beginning of of this article, you know, and just kind of do an assessment. And I've worked with people with migraines and headaches and this type of thing, okay? And we kind of take a look at all this. We look at the food. We look at the, uh, if they're coming from the spine? Or we look at, you know, the supplements. Are you dehydrated? Are, do you have stress in your life? All these things, physical, chemical, emotional stress, all these things can contribute. You got to kind of be a detective when it comes to this. You know, again, this is what's called taking responsibility for health, but it's worth it. Because if you could find those things that trigger and lessen the severity or lessen how many times you get it throughout your life, I mean, wouldn't it, you know, would it be worth it, right? So, again, just some th- things to think about when it comes to migraines and headaches in general. Um, take a look at it. Again, Wellness Resources has all the stuff you need when it comes to that. So, check it out. All right, next, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's called the triage theory. And this was again um, written by Dr. Bruce Ames. And if you guys are not familiar with him, you should definitely check him out. He's in his nineties now, and uh, he's done some amazing research. Um, he's one of the foremost experts on vitamins and how they work in the human body. And especially when it comes to the, your your DNA and RNA and all those types of things, how protein synthesis works in your body. He's done amazing work on it, him and his colleagues uh, in the lab. And um, the triage theory he came up with, and then they did studies on it, so it kind of proved how it works. And this is basically what it says, okay? Uh, And I'm going to read a little bit um, from this, okay? When there is a deficiency in micronutrients, which vitamins and minerals, right, in our bodies, they are reserved for short-term survival and reproduction at the expense of disabling DNA repair which increases the risk of developing chronic disease in the long term anytime we do not have enough micronutrients we are paying a price in long term dna damage okay this is directly from the article now the triage theory predicts that optimizing intake of the, of roughly of the roughly 40 essential micronutrients will reduce the risk of chronic disease associated with aging and increased lifespan. The the uh, the triage theory posits that during evolution, as a result of periods of shortage of micronutrients required by various proteins for function, nature selects organisms capable of rebalancing their metabolism. So, if we take this, let's take an example. For um, as a no. There's one known right right off the bat, uh, known triage between organs. So, if you're short of iron. For example, the body takes it out of the liver before the heart because if iron is taken from the heart, the body will die. That so is that simple. And on the long-term consequences of DNA damage, which is relatively unimportant when one is starving, but one can result in cancer after delay of 20 years. So basically what it's saying is this, okay? When you have a vitamin, whatever the vitamin is, and that vitamin does multiple things, okay, because the vitamins attach to enzyme proteins, basically, right, which are cofactors in your body when you take them in. And those proteins uh, and enzymes basically do uh, tell the body to tell the vitamins and work with the vitamins to basically get things done in your body. So when those vitamins are responsible for multiple things and there is a shortage of those vitamins, your body is going to ration them. So what it's going to do, it's going to take the vitamins and the protein that is going to fortify those things that are responsible for immediate survival, and it's going to use it for those. And then whatever uh, it has left over, it will be used for the things or the proteins or the enzymes that are not responsible for immediate survival, but that would be responsible for making sure you don't get a long-term chronic illness, okay? And one of the big... uh one of the big things that they found or one of the ones that they studied basically was vitamin K. And I'm just going to give a very general example. Vitamin K is responsible for two things. It's responsible for many things in the body, by the way, just so you know. But two of the main things that it's responsible, K1, for example, is responsible for coagulation or blood clotting. Okay, When it becomes K2 in your body, it is responsible for uh, decalcification, okay, or uh, uncalcifying the your arteries, okay, or making sure that calcium gets taken out of your arteries and gets put into the right places in your body. This is why it's so important that if you're taking calcium, you got to make sure you're taking vitamin K along with it, right? I'm sure you've heard this. So this is the issue. The issue is if you don't have enough K in your body, so for example, you don't supplement with K, you don't uh, have enough, you don't take enough of the greens, right? You don't have a green diet, you have a terrible diet, okay? Your body's going to take the K that it needs and make sure that there is enough for coagulation, for blood clotting, okay? And calcium is involved in this, by the way, as well, just so you know that. It's going to make sure that, so for example, if you get cut, you have enough of the vitamin K synthesis and proteins in there to make sure that there is coagulation so you don't bleed out, Right? That's short-term survival. But if you do not have enough vitamin K to stop atherosclerosis, well, that's just too bad because it has what it needs in the short term. Now, keep in mind that the development of atherosclerosis is not going to kill you right now, right? It's going to kill you maybe, let's say if you're young, for example, let's say if you're 20, 25 years old, you don't have as much uh, problem with atherosclerotic plaque in the arteries, well it may not kill you till you're you know or may not present as a problem uh let's go with that into your 40s or 50s well short term survival is more important so your body the human body is going to ration the vitamin k to make sure it has enough for short term for the blood clotting and not for the long term now once there is enough of the vitamin then it will deal with the long pro- long term problem of calcification And what they have found is that, um, oh, by the way, think of uh, vitamin K and osteoporosis as well, right? Because, you know, vitamin K is involved in making sure that calcium is in the the bones properly. So when you have, when you don't have enough vitamin K for the long term, obviously, this leaves the body at risk for developing age-related problems like cancer, heart disease, and osteoporosis. So that's why. And this is, this is the amazing thing about the human body. Think of the, I mean, you don't have to tell it to do this. It automatically does this. Why? Because the number one thing that your body's, uh, the human body is trying to do is survival, right? It's wanting to make sure that you survive. So it's going to do everything possible. It's going to pool all the resources possible to make sure that you are surviving. That is huge. I mean, when you really sit down and you think about it, it is absolutely unbelievable how the human body works. Now, obviously, you know, it, it, when you get older and you've had kids and that type of thing, and nature says, okay, yeah, well, you know, we've, we, you've done your job here and you've let's say you've had kids and you've raised kids and now we don't care as much about you anymore. So things are obviously going to start to lessen when you've gotten older. But when you're younger... When you're in your 20s, 25, 30s, let's say you haven't had children yet, this is where it's optimal. This is why you have to make sure that you have enough of the vitamins and nutrients when you're young to make sure that you don't have to deal with the diseases of aging as you get older. Very, very important. And they also did studies on folate when it comes to this. Same type of thing. People who are lacking folate, actually, if you read read a lot of his work, um, people who are lacking folate, they actually found that they actually had DNA breaks. Their DNA, was they actually had DNA damage and DNA breaks. And those DNA breaks were actually equivalent to radiation. So for example, if you get a high dose of radiation in your DNA, in your body, you they actually can tell by DNA breaks. So not having enough folic acid was equivalent to having radiation damage by DNA. I mean, think about how, uh, you know, by lack of folic acid. Think about how wild that is. This is why this stuff is so important, and this is why I hammer this time and time again. Make sure that you've got enough of the nutrients in your body. Make sure you're eating your greens. Make sure you're taking in the supplements, and making sure that um, that's number one. It's it's just uh, it's that simple. You're decreasing your risk of alcohol alcohol's mortality. You're decreasing your risk of The diseases of chronic aging you're decreasing your your risk of all these types of things and also dealing with stress your body's ability to handle stress is dependent on the amount of of these micronutrients that you have in your body it's that simple okay so read up on this Um, take a look at the article. There's many more articles that he's written. I just, you know, we just put one in there, but he's done so much work. There's a lot of videos that he's talked about it where he's gone well in, in depth in it. And I may go into more later on, but I just kind of wanted to just highlight his, his work, amazing stuff. Again, Dr. Bruce Ames, A M E S. Um, he's well into his nineties now still doing research from what I understand, but, good stuff to really, really sink your teeth into and really just get a sense of how the human body works. I think, uh, you will find it of interest if you are really interested in trying to live long and healthy, right? Okay. Finally, our nutrient spotlight of the week, the wellness resources brand, the super B complex. Now, um, check it out. The, it's the fantastic super B complex. And the reason why this is fantastic is because it, this supplement is designed to naturally help to improve your energy and stress tolerance. Um, it also supports positive mood, healthy hair, and digestion. It contains 100% of the natural coenzyme forms of B vitamins, and the activated forms what we always talk about, okay? The most absorbable forms of B vitamins are in here, okay? It uh, it features the coenzyme, um, coenzyme form of folate, okay? Coenzyme B12, okay? It also contains... Uh, serine, trimethylglycine, a synthetic, and this is a synergistic combination of nutrients to assist in the clearance of homocysteine and promote the synthesis of what's called SAMe. Now, again, remember I talked about, in the beginning, I talked about the methylation cycle. SAMe is involved in this because SAMe gets uh, gets metabolized back into SAMe in this whole methylation cycle. If you are not metabolizing B12 and folate um, properly here, the cycle is not working. Now, Homocysteine is formed when the essential amino acid methionine is metabolized, okay, and it is recycled back to methionine, okay, again, SAMe, and um, it needs, uh, again, B12, it needs folate, and needs TMG trimethylglycine, okay. Um, If it doesn't have this stuff or this stuff is not working, then you get a degradation, degradation of the pathway, and therefore you start to have this problem of not being able to properly clear homocysteine. Now, when homocysteine levels go up, you start to get a free radical distress. It adds to wear and tear in the circulation and the nervous system. Uh, Elevated homocysteine starts to uh, interfere with neurotransmitter function. It starts to contribute to poor mood, fatigue, wear and tear, feeling of stress and anxiety. And it starts to actually um, impair your detox levels, high lead, high cadmium, all these types of things start to um, start to re really impair and this is actually could start to lead to the um you know thyroid problems it could start to lead to a cognitive impairment eventually leading towards things like you know even dementia and all these types of things so you don't want to get there okay you don't want to get there at all so making sure you're getting a good b complex so check out wellness resources super b complex again has everything you need in the proper forms and in the proper dosages with all the cofactors in there Again, it's myvitaminresource.com. Best supplements, perfect supplements. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. All right. So I want to thank you all for being with me this week. Hope you guys got a lot out of it. Hope you like, share, and subscribe. Go to georgebatista.com. Check out all the stuff we, we check out. Again, thanks, thank you all for, for supporting us, supporting this channel, helping us grow, and continue to do so. Uh, I want to wish you guys all a great week and um, take care of yourselves and each other and as always take control of your health